All right. Well, if you don't know me, my name's Dave. I've been here a few times before, and I appreciate you letting me guys, let, let me let me come back and spend some time with you guys this afternoon. Uh, if you like what you hear, good news. I'm here for about the next five weeks. If you don't like it, in five weeks from now, they'll have somebody better. So, right? So that, that's what we plan on. Um, we're going to do a series where, where I preach in Jinx. I do everything in series because what I found is most people don't want to listen to a preacher for five hours in a row. So I break it up each week into, into smaller bits so that, so that we can just get a little bit at a time. So over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about family values. And, and really, we're going to do that because you guys are a family. Uh, and you've invited me into your family, and I appreciate that, and I love, love that prayer from the kids. I love it for two reasons. One, all of them were prayers of gratitude. Did you catch that? They weren't asking God for a hundred different things. They were just saying, thank you, and I, I love that spirit. And two, kids show that we're a family, right? And, and we're, we're an extended family. We look a little different, but as a group, as the contact church, uh, you've got some values, and I want to share some of those, and we're going to walk through those each week. But here's why values are important. I had an old uh, basketball coach back when I was in high school. I know to look at me now, you don't think I'm much of a basketball player, but I was pretty good back in the day. That was 20-something years ago, but, but I was pretty good back then. But I had a coach said, uh said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, Right? And that's pretty good advice. It works for your, for your life. It works for your, your Christian journey. If you don't have an aim, if you don't have a mission, if you don't have a goal, guess what? You're, you're going to hit that mark every time because you're not aiming at anything. You're just out there trying to wing it, guess, from one day to the next. Here's another way to, to put this. Nothing drifts towards excellence, right? Nothing is going to just naturally take you to excellence. The good things in your life are good because you've worked hard. Uh, the things that are going well are because you've put in effort. You didn't just accidentally wake up and get there. Your walk with Christ is no different, right? Uh, we go around and, and we tell others about Jesus and, and they come to know him and they receive him. They're baptized. But listen, they don't just wake up the next day and say, you know what? I'm the best Christian now. Right? You've got to work for it. You don't just drift in the direction of Christ. You've got you've to plan it. You've got to have a vision and a mission. Proverbs says it this way. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where you don't have vision for your life, it's not going to go well. Uh, and you know this, right? If, if you don't plan your money, guess what? You run out. If you don't plan your time, you waste a lot of it. If you're not intentional about your relationships, they break down. Everything you do in life. God says, listen, if you don't have a vision for where you want to be, for what you want to accomplish, you'll perish. But you know, the opposite is true as well. If you have a vision for your life, there's life. God promises us over and over and over again that we can have life and have it to the fullest. But we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to continually be seeking him. We can't just be drifting. We've got to be pursuing God. Uh, this is true in your yard, isn't it? Right? Uh, spring's right around the corner. It won't be long. That grass will start growing. And if you keep it mowed and you keep it trimmed or the folks at your apartment manicure the, the grass around your grounds, guess what? It looks nice. But what if you just stop doing anything? Right? It gets out of control. Right? Your laundry's the same way. It isn't. It? Mine is at my house. That laundry, if I don't pay attention to it, guess what? It just grows and goes nuts. And all of a sudden, it takes over. Right? I know a lot of people have treadmills in their home. Guess what? They're not really treadmills. They're laundry baskets. 
because they just lay it on top, right? They don't actually run or exercise. They just, it, it, that's what happens. Our dishes. It's amazing how our sink comes to life and just grows dishes, doesn't it? And if you don't pay attention, if you don't have a plan, if you don't do something intentional about it, it just gets out of hand in a hurry. That's our walk with God. If we're not intentional about pursuing Jesus, it gets out of hand in a hurry. So over the next five weeks, I just want to talk about that. I just want to share with you what what my vision as a Christian is and what I believe God is calling you to have as a vision for your life. You know, we were made, we were designed, we were put on this earth to connect people to Jesus and to each other. That we weren't made to do life alone. We spend time together. We, We have community. We have family. But the point of getting together is to connect people to Jesus. Right? And so that's our mission. That's our vision for, for us. That's what God envisions for you and I in our walk with him. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about five things. We're going to talk about trusting God's promises. We're going to talk about pursuing uncommon unity. We're going to talk about making bold moves, living with a kingdom mentality, and showing visible love. You say, that's a lot. Well, that's why we're doing it over five weeks. Right? We're going to take them one at a time. And today we're going to talk about trusting God's promises. Now, here's the thing you need to know, as you can see there, trusting. It ends in an I-N-G. Now, I never did well in English in school. I spoke Oklahoman, and so English was not my native tongue. Um, But what I do know is I-N-G means it's progressive, means it's continuing. It's not a one-time thing. It's a constant thing. We are constantly trusting in God's promises. Now, this is the interactive portion of our program here today. Anybody want to guess how many promises are in the Bible? A lot, I heard. Anybody want to guess? What's that? Over a thousand? Somebody said something up here. Infinity. I like it. Big numbers. Do you know there are over 6,000 promises of God in the Bible? And so as I started prepping this lesson, I think, okay, what, man, if there's that many and I can only pick one or two, what do I want to talk about? And God put on my heart, he said, listen, don't tell them about a promise. Talk about the trusting. Because here's the reality. You can find the promises, but you've got to make a choice. Am I going to trust those promises? And am I going to take God at his word? When he says he has good things for me, am I going to live that way? Am I going to be constantly trusting in his promises? And so today, what I want to do is, is if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. If not, we'll put it on the screen for you. But get in the habit of bringing your Bible, getting used to it. If you don't know where Matthew is, go to the middle and hang a right. Okay? And you'll eventually get to it, right? After a whole bunch of names you can't pronounce, you'll get to Matthew. You'll know you're there. We'll be in Matthew chapter 7. Now listen, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus was one of those preachers. He would talk for hours and hours and hours. He, he was one of those guys. But people would sit and listen. They would go out of their way to figure out what it was he was saying. And so here he is in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And and he had been speaking for a really long time. But you get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And he does what all the good preachers do. He wraps it up with a nice story. Right? Something to hook you. Something to bring you in. And Jesus did that a lot. He spoke in parables. And he tells us in Matthew chapter 7. Starts in verse 24. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine. And what do we just say? There are 6,000 promises of God in Scripture. So anyone who hears these promises of mine, these words of mine, and puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against the house. Sounds like Oklahoma, doesn't it? 
Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, these promises of mine, and does not put them into practice, well, he's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, you know that song, don't you? So You, you know that one? Ron, do you teach him that song here? Wise man built his house upon the rock, right? You know that one? And everybody's favorite part's the end, right? Because when you get to the end, and the foolish man, and the house goes splat, right? If the kids were in here, they love it, because that's the favorite part. But it's not the favorite part if you're living it, is it? Because when your world comes crashing down, it says, listen, don't hear the promises of God and not trust them. Don't hear the promises of God and not build your life on it. Because if you do, it's not going to work. When circumstances come in, when storms come in, everything's going to beat. It's going to fall. It's going to crash. He goes on to say in verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, look at this. The crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. In other words, he taught like one who wrote the book. Guess what? Because he did. Right? And they were amazed. It wasn't like the teachers of the law. So here's my question for you today, right? And you've got to answer this for you, and I've got to answer it for me. Am I trusting God's promises? Right? Is I, and it, listen, in church, the church answer is yes, of course. I'm at church. I'm trusting. Eh. Trusting happens after church. Trusting happens Monday through Saturday. Trusting happens when we're back in the neighborhood, when we're back in the apartment, when we're back around those same people doing those same things, faced with those same temptations. That's when trusting happens. So am I trusting what God promises? Because you can, and that's what I want you to know. Just like Jesus said in the parable, like we sing in the kids' song, you can build your house on the rock. You, you can build it there, and you will have security, and you will have strength, and you will stand even when the storms show up. Or... You can build it on the sand, and when the storms come and you pick any other way, it ends in defeat. It ends in a crash. And it's kind of it's right down the middle. It's 50-50. There's, there's God's way. There's every other way. There's no middle ground, right? You're either doing it God's way. You're trusting God, that God knows better for my life than I know for my life, and I'm going to do his way or any other way. And any other way is the sand. Any other way is not going to end well. And so do we trust? Am I trusting God's promises? Well, it all depends on where you, where you decide to build, right? So I, brought, I put some pictures in here in my slides. There's the first picture. Uh, that is, it's not a great picture, but that is the Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is the actual place where Jesus would have taught this lesson. And I don't know if you can see it or not, but... At the front of the picture, up close, there's rocks. But down the hill next to the water, guess what there is? Sand. Right? He's, he's actually teaching. He's giving them an illustration that they can see and feel and touch and figure out. Hey, are you going to choose to build stable, sturdy rock? Or are you going to choose to build on the sand? And not that many people pick the rock, do they? Because go to that next picture. Now, I've never been to this beach. I would like to go if any of you decide you want to win the lottery and send me to a beach vacation. This is the one I would like to go to, right? But look at where all the people are. All the people are on the sand. Why? Because the sand's a lot easier. 
than the rock, right? If you ever go to the beach, if you ever see sand, you're going down to the beach. It's easy. Just walking down, just going. You got to go up. You got to climb. Uh, my family and I went to the mountains last summer. We had some friends that, that graciously let us use a house there. And we decided, got this bright idea. Hey, let's go, let's go explore a little bit. And we started going up. And guess what? Up is really, really hard. I did not enjoy it much at all. Uh, I was pretty sure I was going to die going up that mountain. But then I found my way back down where there was some air and some oxygen and I was okay. Right? But that's it. Like, the, the sand's easy. And you guys are going to struggle with that. You guys are going to know that. We all do. I do. Am I going to go for what's easy or am I going to go for what God has called me? I'm going to trust that his way is better than my way. So here's what I want to do. I want to do a little compare uh, and contrast for you. I want to show you the difference of building on the sand and building on the rock. A couple of words for each. All right, here's the first one. Building on the sand is popular. Building on the rock is rare. Right, building on the sand is popular. It's warm. It's nice. That's where all the people gather. Right? There's a reason that we say that that people retire to Florida. Right? They they want to go where it's nice and whether it's warm. They want to go where it's relaxing. But building on the rock, that's hard. That's difficult. That's that's rare. Right? It, it takes time. It takes effort. You've got to be intentional about getting up on to the rocks. Building on the sand is comfortable. Right? Soft. It's nice, it's warm, right? It's so nice, the guy running the booth, he's stuck on that picture because he's there, right? Right? But it's comfortable. We just want to camp out. We just want to sink into the sand a little bit, just enjoy it. Some of you are wishing you were there right now, aren't you? Because, yeah, exactly, right? Because it's, it's not cold. It's, it's easy. We like it. It's comfortable, right? It's a path of least resistance. But going onto the rock, well, that's difficult. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. Right? You got these nice cushiony chairs. What if we move to the floor? Well, that's, that's hard. I don't like that. I want what's comfortable. I, want, I don't want what's difficult. I, I don't want to have to put any energy or effort or resource. But let me tell you something. Can I tell you about the rock? It's worth it. Every bit of it's worth it. We climbed that mountain this summer, and it was hard, and I wanted to die a couple of times, and I was praying that Jesus would come and get me because Lisa and I would get to go up, Right? But I made it to the top, and guess what? It's worth it. It's a pretty cool view, right? It was enjoyable. Things I couldn't see during the climb, I figured them out. I found them. I got to see them once I was there. See, if you build on the sand, it's going to be easy. It's going to be popular. It's comfortable. You've got some habits. You've got some relationship. You've got some things you do at home that are comfortable. That's not what God's calling you to. God's calling you to something rare. God's calling you to something difficult. The other thing about sand and rock, sand is conf- it's conformable. You know what that means? Uh, you sit in the sand, and you just kind of sink down in it, don't you? Right? You, you make a nice little booty print right there in the sand. It's like a nice little chair. It gives you a nice little sand hug, doesn't it? Or you let the water kind of roll up, and your feet just kind of sink down in the sand. It wraps around you. It's just a beautiful little warm. But you know what the rock does? The rock conforms you. You ever sit on a rock? The rock doesn't look like you when you get up. You look like the rock, right? You've got bruises and imprints, and, right? And that's what it says. Listen, if we're going to be who God calls us to be, we don't live in a world where we conform and we start to look like the world. We look like the rock. We look like the promises. We look like the book. We look like God's word. 
says, if you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, you begin to live, you begin to do, then you begin to look like Jesus. He doesn't want us. Romans says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our thinking? We put something different inside it. We don't watch the same stuff. We don't have the same conversations. We don't talk the same way. We change who we are. We start to look like the rock. We start to look like Jesus. And then there's the last one. The sand is unstable. You ever try and pick up sand? It just goes everywhere, doesn't it? Dry sand, it just runs, and it's little grains. right? It's little bits and pieces of rock, but it's been so beaten up and so spread out that you just can't do anything with it. It's, it's unstable. But the rock, the Word of God, Jesus, it's stable, it's reliable, it's firm, it withstands the test of time. You know this because you have people in your family. For me, it was my grandmother. Right. And when my grandmother passed, I remember people standing up at my grandmother's funeral and saying she was the rock of our family. Because she held us all together. She's what held it down. But you know how you become the rock of a family? You don't build in the sand. You don't conform to the world. You lock in my grandmother every day, good or bad. She was reading her Bible. She was praying. She was getting on to us kids for doing things. Right. She didn't conform to the world. She held on to the promises of God. And she became the rock. And you can be that rock for your family. See, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you were before today. What matters is right now, in this moment, you have a choice. How am I going to finish? How am I going to live today? See, because the challenge is that we're going to challenge you. We're going to equip you. The folks here at Contact are going to minister you. They're going to give you every resource available. But you have to make a choice. Will you trust the promises of God? Will you begin to change your habits? Will you change your relationships? Will you change your life for the rock so that at the end, your legacy isn't, man, they were really good at being comfortable But your legacy is they were the rock, the rock of our church, the rock of our family. They were the rock of this community. So let me give you three truths and then I'm done. Okay, three truths today. If you build your life on the rock, you're an overcomer. You make it right. That is the promise of God in Scripture. If you build your life on him, on his promises, you will make it. There will still be storms. You notice that in the story? Still going to have difficult days. Still going to have things coming at you, beating you, trying to wear you down. But if you build on him as difficult, as rare as it is, you'll make it. You will achieve. You will overcome everything Satan throws at you. But if you build on the sand, it's going to end in tragedy. It's going to end in collapse and failure every single time. Because the, st- the sand is easy. The sand is shallow, right? You can build in the sand. That's great. Right up until it rains. Then it washes out. Right up until the wind blows. Takes it out from under you. It's easy. Shallow. It's going to end in tragedy. But here's the third truth and the most important one for you all today. There is power in this moment right here. In this moment where you've sang and you've read Scripture You've heard the word of God. You have heard these words. What are you going to do with it? 
You going to put it into practice? You going to trust the promises of God? Because some of you, some of you never have, right? Some of you have never received Christ. Some of you have never said, Jesus, I trust that you know better for my life than I know, so I'm surrendering to you. Because we don't like that, do we? We don't like to surrender. That's what we're called to. Called to surrender to the rock, surrender to Jesus, surrender our life to him. See, you can't change how your story started, but you can change how your story ends. And maybe you've never been the rock. Maybe you've never had something stable and firm and reliable. Can I tell you the promise of God? You can. His name's Jesus. And just like I told you a few weeks ago, he loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. And for me, and if you trust him with your life, you win. You overcome. Regardless of what Satan, regardless of what this life, regardless of the trials and the temptations and the difficulties, you win every single time. Because it's not about this world. It's about the next. And God says, someday I'm going to come back. Someday I'm going to get those that surrendered. Someday I'm going to get all those that built their house on the rock and they get to go be with me because I love them and that's what I made them for. So there's power in this moment that you get to choose. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over you. Then Kyler's going to come back and sing, I'm hoping, right? You got a good song for us, right? And during the prayer, during the song, you find somebody. You find Ron because you know what Ron's doing? Ron is always thinking souls, aren't you? Every time. How many times you hear Ron say that? He's singing about your soul right now. He's singing about this moment for you. Come find me, because I love you enough that I came up here, and I'm smelling all this food, and I'm hungry, and I want to eat, but I'm telling you God's promises, right? There's power in this moment. Don't let this moment pass without making a commitment to Jesus and trusting in him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for dying for us. God, we thank you for the ways that you have come into our life. God, I pray that the men and women in this room will think about you today. And that in this moment, you will convict their heart. Not shame them, not make them feel bad, but convict their heart where they have to make a decision. What am I going to do with Jesus? And God, I pray that today for many, they will receive you as their Lord. God, they'll talk to somebody about changing life, maybe about being baptized, about just starting fresh and new today, becoming the rock that you've called them to be. God, would you just allow us the joy of knowing that we can build in you, that we can have stability and and just safety in living life your way, built on the rock. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving us. God, Open our hearts to receive and to be blessed and to be forever changed by surrendering to you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.